Hear the Gospel of the Lord according to St John. Glory to you. And it's John chapter 14, and you'll find that on page 1022, beginning at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me. I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Anyone who loves me will be loved by me. Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you, Pat. Um, do keep your Bible open at John 14 or, or get one and open it up. Let's pray first. Father, we love you. We love the Lord Jesus. So we pray that you would send the advocate and reveal your presence among us now, just as you promise in this wonderful scripture, that our hearts may be turned to you and our lives towards the world in the power of your love. Amen. Thank you very much. Do be seated, everybody. Well, good morning again. Good to see you. Uh, here, Jesus is, um, we're in John chapter 14, so that's what we're going to look at in verse 15. Jesus is giving a leaving talk. It's the Last Supper, and he's getting them ready for when he goes um, so I suppose that's the kind of thing I should be doing at the, this time, isn't it? And uh, so, oh dear, this is the word of the Lord to us again. Um, if you were here on Sunday last, we began looking at John 14, and we were reading about how in the Father's house there are many rooms, and we were thinking about what we knew then about our dear Jill, and thinking about how that was a reference to heaven, but also to how God comes and abides and dwells with us permanently and individually in this life. We realized that was the good news we needed to hear then and still do. Uh, but there's something in this passage that we need to hear, I think, for today as we think about um, times of change, gaps, openness to the Lord who comes by his spirit. So here in verse 2 of chapter 14, Jesus says, I'm going. I'm going to prepare a place for you. But also, being Jesus, in verse 18, in our passage, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus is both going and coming, whereas in my case, I don't know whether I am coming or going, as you well know. 
Now, of course, I, in due course, am going. And while I can't say to you, I will come to you, like Jesus can, I can promise you that you are not being left as orphans and that you will have a good and growing, even an exciting time in the vacancy. He will come to you. So this is the word of the Lord for us today, the good news for us today in this scripture. He comes to us. He comes in our waiting. He comes in our turmoil. He comes in the gaps. He comes in the empty spaces. He comes in the potentially confusing times between one thing and another in those broken ground times. Precisely because they are open and broken times. Broken up, a bit like the biscuits you'll get served with the coffee after. Precisely because of that, there is space for Jesus to come. And he does and he will. Now, just a, a minute, if we can, on the context here. The context is always important when you read a Bible passage. And we've already said this is at the Last Supper, and Jesus is preparing to go. But the whole context, as he focuses his disciples' minds, is one of his mission and his love. And that's why it's appropriate for this church that Fabian has just shared a new initiative that will happen in a time of change. As you were talking, Fabian, I thought how in the past we have done the counterintuitive thing in this church and done the new thing in a time of change when you would think, well, no, let's, let's hold back. But actually, that's not how it's been here at Seasalter. And so if you've got your Bible and you're prepared to study it with me now, um, turn to chapter 13 where you just can see very easily the absolute hinge point of the whole Gospel of John. After all the activity of Jesus' wonderful signs and the raising of Lazarus, in chapter 13, there at the beginning of it, it says, it was just before the Passover feast, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And so having loved his own who were in the world, what does he do? He loves them to the end. He loves them through giving them this wonderful teaching at the Last Supper and by dying on the cross. So it's all about his love and his mission. And you might know in, in that famous chapter 13, that's where Jesus washes the disciples' feet and gives them that example despite Peter's resistance. That's where he gives them that wonderful teaching in verse 34 and 35 about love. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's all about mission and love. And then in our passage over the page, to anchor ourselves in the scripture for today, chapter 14, verse 15, he says, if you love me, Keep my commands, and this is what will happen then. I will come to you in a new way. It's really reassuring, isn't it? And if he comes to you or to me, it's going to be all right, isn't it? 
says he, mainly to himself. Now, um, let me, if I may, tell you a bit about how it is that I'm preparing to go, because when we announced this, I promised that I would do that. Um, how did this leaving happen for me? What happened and what's it about? So you might know that the, the role that I'm going to is mission and growth advisor for this diocese. So it's to take the lead with the bishop on matters to do with mission and church growth. And in this diocese, we've committed ourselves to three things, to growing the church spiritually and numerically. So it's about that. To reimagine ministry. And what that's about is getting away from that situation where you have two or three people at the front of churches, usually dressed in funny clothes, a bit like the bus driver, you know, um, doing all the ministry, and to move away from that to a situation where many people are sharing in ministry, where there are many teams, and we share leadership. And that's a priority for this diocese. And the other one is to build partnerships which enrich communities, which is a bit of a clunky way of saying, making sure the church is outward looking and engaging with the world that Jesus came to die for. And it's that kind of stuff. And of course, by the grace of God, I guess that's what we've been doing together here, isn't it? Um, I've had the privilege of my life in being part of a church family, which has been such a loving, um, growing, uh, moving, um, initiating, reaching out church family. And it's been such a joy. Um, so what could ever tempt me away? Well, um, as I've been saying, I don't think another church could. Um, but maybe a role like this, helping others to do the same thing and, and learning new ways to help the church to dive in to the mission of God. Um, that would be good. So what happened is that I knew about that possible role. I think it was in October. And then in November, during a ministry leadership team meeting here, we were just praying quietly. And I had a picture from God. Um, not something that happens a lot to me, but it was very vivid and quite a short clip. And in this picture, I was in my uh, little kayak. Um, I would say imagine that, but you probably don't want to imagine that, not with the wetsuit and everything. And uh, I was kayaking across the entrance to Whitstable Harbour. And as I poked my nose out, across the entrance, this big ship came out. It had a black hull and a white superstructure. And I felt scared. And I immediately spun round, because that's what you can do in a kayak, you can spin round, and got to a safe place. And I watched this ship leaving. And I shared that picture a little bit with other people, but it really meant nothing to them, because it wasn't for them. And I traveled with it for weeks and months until really I accepted the job, I think. And as I unpacked it, partly with my own, um, I have a small group that we, we meet a couple of times a year, and other people, I came to see it was about something scary, a scary decision. The black and the white were about a decision, and the feeling was one of being scared. 
And at the same time, I was being encouraged to apply for this post. And I talked to the bishop, and then that's a slippery slope, really. <laughs> and in long story short, I had an interview, and then they said they wanted me to do it. And oh my goodness me, what, what have I done? And that's what happened. And I think that picture was God's way of preparing me for a big change, which would be scary. Now, you actually have to sign a piece of paper to say that you're resigning. And I signed this in front of Linda last weekend. And then I hung on to it for a bit. And then as my last little protest about leaving Sea Salter, I refused to post it. And I got my secretary, Ros, to post it on Tuesday. Whether she posted it or not, I don't know. <laughs> so here I am, and we are, on the edge of an adventure with God. And that's my key word for me, adventure. And I'm grateful to a number of you who, are not knowing that, have used that word in your little messages and loving support. Thank you. Adventure. So there's a leaving. There's a gap. There's a waiting, there's an adventure for me and for you. And the teaching here in this passage is that when there's a leaving, a gap, a waiting, and an adventure, scary maybe, Jesus loves to come and fill that space. And the sending, calling, Loving God reserves the right to do things that might feel a bit scary, but he compensates us by promising his presence in a new way. And this passage is telling us that that works because the love within the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, can't be contained within himself and flows out towards us and towards the world. You see, all the three persons of the Trinity are active in this passage, aren't they? You just heard that, didn't you? It's the Son who says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I'll ask the Father, and I'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. And it's because of the love of the Father and the Son that Jesus says, we will see God in verse 21, that wonderful verse. Whoever has my commands and keep them is the one who loves me. Anyone who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. And I take that to mean that we will experience the Lord in his love. As his love spills over, as the love between the Father and the Son and the Spirit spills over to embrace us. Now that's what mission is. It's the love of God spilling over to embrace the world. And us recognizing that and being part of that. Now, we need to work at this love too, don't we? So that's probably the first learning point for what we're calling the vacancy. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. 
It's interesting, it's not that clear in the Greek, that word keep um, my commands. That could be a future tense. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And that's saying if we love the Lord, if we're faithful in our worship, then naturally and inevitably we will keep his commands out of our love for him. A kind of flowing thing. But where it says, if you love my commands, that could be a present tense command. So, if you love me, then keep my commands. So, put a bit of effort in, a bit of discipline. Either way, we can see the connection between loving the Lord and doing what he says, can't we? Sometimes that just flows naturally. Sometimes we need to really apply discipline and work at it. So here, in that gap, loving each other will mean things like pulling together, working well together, not being critical not running our own agendas. And certainly not thinking, now is the time I can run my own agenda. It means speaking well of each other, honoring each other, not patronizing each other, especially those in oversight roles whom the scripture says deserve respect. So you see that from their love for each other, the Father and the Son are sharing their love with us. The Spirit is flowing out of their life towards us, filling the gaps. And in verse 16, famously, the Holy Spirit is the paraclete, translated here, another advocate to help you. The paraclete, literally someone called alongside to help. So the translation here is advocate, which might make you think of a court of law. Um, Someone called in to speak for someone on their behalf. Or someone who will intercede with the judge. That's what the Holy Spirit is like. But I think you might well know that There are other well-loved translations of that word paraclete or advocate like helper, strengthener, counselor. What's the famous one? Comforter. This is what will happen in the gap, in the vacancy. This is what you will experience together. The comforter will come. Only do be careful with that word comforter. Because the original Old English word means comfort comfort is to strengthen. Famously in the Bayer Tapestry, there's a panel which says Bishop Odo comforted his men. And what's he actually doing to comfort his men? He's prodding them from behind with a spear. So it's like, come on, let's do this. Let's reach out in love to Lucerne.
So allow for that and get your bottom ready for a bit of prodding. Now, some of us are discomforted because of change, aren't we? We go all wobbly. It's a natural human thing. And the key thing here for that is that Jesus says in verse 16 that he will give you another advocate. Another advocate. Now, John could have used a couple of words for another. He could have used the Greek word which means another and different. An advocate of a different kind from Jesus. But there's a word which means another and of the same kind as Jesus. And that's the one that is deliberately used here. So the Holy Spirit is not different. He is in fact another Jesus. He's the way Jesus comes to us now. And everything said about the Holy Spirit in these passages is said about Jesus elsewhere in this gospel. Jesus goes, but the Holy Spirit comes. He comes in our waiting. He comes in the gaps. He comes in the empty spaces. As we love one another in obedience to his command, this other Jesus comes to us. So a motto for the vacancy at Seasalter could be St. Alfred Seasalter living together in love, living together in God. Now last of all, don't forget that thing about the comforting love. The love of the comforter can take the form of that discomforting love that niggles away and prods us and sends us out. The Trinity is such a community of welcoming and including love, but also of sending out, outpouring, risk-taking love. What our rather wonderful speaker at Ashburnham this year has called venturesome love. Anne Morrissey has coined that phrase, venturesome love. I want you to remember venturesome love. So whether you're a vicar in a canoe being called to do a scary but exciting new thing or you're being stirred to explore venturesome love for Lucerne or you're thinking what it's going to be like in a time of change be up for venturesome adventure exciting Unknown, scary, risky, can be all of that. But it's new and open, broken ground that we're traveling, you and me. And the promise and the good news here is that Jesus loves by his spirit to fill such gaps. All we need to do is love each other. And that other helper, the one of the same kind, the other Jesus, will come to us to strengthen, advise, comfort, prod, and guide all of us and keep us in his venturesome love.
Amen.